Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Thank you everyone for coming out to this very special episode of Deep Drinks Podcast. We have, a, I say this every time, but, but we do actually have a very special guest this time. Uh, I wanted to interview Biddy for a long time um, because I just find her journey fascinating. Could not make this up. Yesterday, I went on to Stardust Stream uh, to talk about just some random dra- um, drama that's happening. Uh, and uh, she sent some some follow- some people to the channel uh, and we got to 420 subscribers. So what a perfect number for my next guest, who I assure you is a little high. Uh, not too high, but a little, little high. So, I'd like to um, I'd like to introduce Biddy Buddha. She's a hippie, a feminist, an atheist, a ritual agnostic. Today, we'll be learning about her journey in and out of religious institutions and cults, and we will also be learning about ritual agnosticism, a term I had never heard of before, uh, and still am a little bit unfamiliar with what it is. So, we're going to be learning about that. Biddy is also the co-author is co-authoring a book with Pat Lowinger. Um, on the very subject. So with that said, I'd like to welcome Bidi Buddha. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So first of all, we're drinking Diet Coke, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't? Yeah. Well, I'm drinking. <laughs> I, I this is great. my mind like a few great. minutes before because it's 11 p.m. here. And yeah. so I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't do another Diet Coke. So I'm doing kombucha. I just wanted to be like super stereotypical. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's perfect. And it's also it's also perfect that um, so originally we're drinking Diet Coke because it's not legal yet for me to smoke. Like this isn't Deep Herbs podcast. I can't smoke in Australia without a medical mm-hmm. reason. So but your favorite thing is to smoke. Um, well, I'm, that's what you wanted to bring on the, on, on. So, um, well, so I, was I like, thought right. it would be fun. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit it. different. But yeah. You know. Well, maybe one day when it gets legal, um, we, we can do Deep Herbs podcast um, and uh, I can have a little bit of weed when it's legal and you can watch me have a panic attack as we um, have a conversation. <laughs> but, oh, um, no. So that's cool because I've got, I've got um, diet Coke, which is good. Uh, oh, and d- d- are you not a diet Coke fan? No, I, I, well, to be fair, I cheated as well. It's Coke, no sugar, which okay. is like, it's just like Coke zero, which I think is better than diet, diet Coke. So I also cheated as well, which I don't okay. normally do, but um yeah i, I love saying, it i I've didn't got... know that like whatever my choice was you had to drink so oh yeah it sets it sets the tone for the interview okay it's fair all good. enough well i'm sorry uh, <laughs> no no it's fine this is great but the the thing is and just just to just to explain um you know, why i'm so stoked about this is normally i'm drinking like vodka at 7 a.m with a guest or or um, you know or i had coffee with uh derek at 2 a.m um uh, you know that was great but um so normally like i'm getting buzzed really early in the morning because of the show um but last night i well i'm not drinking today so last night i decided to have you know a quiet little scotch and then turned into like many scotches and then i think i sent you like it would have been 3 a.m in the morning for me and i sent i liked one of your tweets and then I like messaged you and said, "Be me," 
writing a love letter to my wife at 3 a.m. while I'm drunk as a skunk. And so, yeah, I'm a little bit hungover today. So yeah, hopefully. I enjoyed that. I yeah. think that's so sweet, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's um, it, it, I, some reason the scotch last night got me all like um, soppy and I just um, I just wanted to, uh, to I used to write Amy letters all the time, but now we're going into a very new season and it was like, oh, this is going to be, um, i got to write something down. But anyway, this isn't about me. This is about you. Um, where I want to ask firstly, where did Bitty Buddha, the name come from? Okay. So I had a dog that was a Newfoundland and its name was Buddha. And I had previously made a TikTok account, but I couldn't remember my name to get into that one. And so I was just making an account to just watch TikToks. I never really intended on making content and getting followers. And so it just blew up. And then, um, which is funny because Christians often then think I'm a Buddhist. And so <laughs> they just go at me. Well, and, and the Buddha isn't a real God. And it's like, oh. but I never said I was Buddhist either. But it gets, uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's my dog's name. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. That's so cool. Um, so, all right. So that's that. That's that's interesting story. But I, I, I've got like a million things going through my head. But because okay. there's so much I want to talk to you about, we might have to do another episode another time. But to get it all in, like multiple episodes, deep herbs. But let's just go over like your journey a little bit. Can you tell okay. us a little bit about growing up Christian? What was that like? Go for it. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, there's so many. <laughs> it was so funny. There's like that, the conference. Dave Warnock is like, okay, but you used to be an atheist. I'm like, no, no, no. I was a tattoo artist. He's like, but you became Jewish. And I'm like, well, before that, I was Christian. And he's like, I don't understand your story. <laughs> like, it makes no sense to me. So I should probably like make a timeline. Yeah, then, yeah. You know, you should, be like a, you should make like a little infographic. You know how you like see companies yeah. are like. It's like 1945 established. And, yeah, it's like, okay. It's I'll, like I can me, help you. Like a yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I grew up Christian. I went to a Christian private school uh, that was pretty abusive. Um, the school ultimately like went out of business for abuse or some shit. Uh, but I ended up going there from preschool all the way up to 12th grade. And um, kind of after high school, I wanted nothing to do with my upbringing. Like, it was like, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want any part of it. And so I still self-identified as Christian, like culturally. Um, but this is where I then pursued a career in tattooing, which is where I got completely covered. Because um, then people are like, but you're a tattooed, you know, what Jewish person? <laughs> Do you, do you oh, we'll still do there. do you still do tattoos? I don't. Okay. So funny story. It's not funny. But well, should we just go through the timeline because this kind of falls into why I <laughs> yeah. quit tattooing. Okay, yeah. Yeah, let's do the timeline. I was just going to ask if you could tattoo me if I ever got to better. Oh, Help stop I was supposed queen. to tattoo Oz and Shane and like a whole bunch of people, but like Oz got 
his equipment's like, Ugh. anyways. Um, so yeah, so I left, uh, you know, I was living a secular worldly life and, um, it was like 2013 or 2014. I had been watching, I had been watching a lot of YouTube videos about, um, this was like when Obama was president about him being the antichrist and the rapture is happening. And here's all this evidence as to why the rapture is happening. Cause I grew up in that ideology. Mm, I don't know if you did. Yeah. Ugh, super oh, torture. Kind of, uh, kind of, I remember being really worried about, uh, about the rapture and, and the antichrist. And then someone calmed me down and said, if um, everyone's thought the Antichrist is in their time, like if you were living in the 30s, you would have thought Hitler was definitely the Antichrist. And I was like, yeah, yeah no Hitler shit. is way more of an Antichrist than Obama. And then I <laughs> and then I stopped caring. I stopped worrying yeah. about it. <laughs> Lucky you. It tortured me for decades. But anyway, so I was on this like rabbit hole of YouTube videos and I came across an Am Graham Lotz uh, YouTube video for the people that have been left behind. This is like a project that she pre-made um, and that's Billy Graham's daughter, if you're familiar with who she is. So uh, she has her own ministry. And it, if you would have asked me like three years ago, um, I, I, I saw Jesus in my living room. He came there and I had this seriously. And this is okay. I had this 180 complete lifestyle change. I was reading the Bible like obsessively. Um, I didn't watch TV anymore, <laughs> but I got, I also grew up on a lot of like everything's demons kind of theology. Yeah. 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 And Wait, so, so you ahead. went, so you, you weren't, you weren't a Christian, like you were, you were quite, you had a rebellious spirit and then you had an encounter with Jesus in your living room. Can you, yeah. you kind of I just mean, brushed over that. What was, what was this encounter? Did <laughs> Well, did you high five? Like, yeah, yeah, we like did shots. It was awesome. (laughs) No, no, so I was, I walked through the sinner's prayer of this YouTube video and like it had completely manipulated my emotions. So I'm crying. And although there was no tangible evidence for Jesus in my living room, the way I would have pitched it to people is that he, he was tangibly there because you know how like, well, you grew up Pentecostal, you know, like you can convince yourself of a lot of stuff. And so oh, it yeah. was like in my mind's eye, like this, he was there, I could feel him, you know, all this anecdotal mm. kind of yeah. went, if you were to press the issue, nothing happened. I was just in an emotional state. And um, yeah. They said a home invasion, I'd call the cops. Like <laughs> right. <laughs> So, okay. So you had, um, so it wasn't like a physical thing or anything, but so what happened after that? Uh, so like I said, complete 180 became very prudish. I ended up quitting. Okay. I worked my ass off to become a tattoo artist. Cause back then it wasn't a, it was a male dominated career field, right? Like the only women that were getting into it were the girlfriends of a shop owner. So I like worked my mm-hmm. ass off to prove myself and get into this career and I threw it all away because I believed one Leviticus says that thou shalt not mark the skin in remembrance of the dead. And this, the culture that what I was in was what I would have considered back then satanic. 
And, um, and so I quit and I threw all my tattoo equipment. We're talking $10,000 worth of stuff in the trash because I thought it was a gateway to demons. And if I threw it away and didn't resell it, cause I don't want to perpetuate, you know, a sinful lifestyle so that I would be rewarded if you read scripture tenfold. So like, I, I really took the Bible literally like I was convinced mm. okay I do this I get this that's a promise you know mm. and so then I would look cats attacking me <laughs> <laughs> but so that's why I don't do that anymore yeah it's it's uh it's interesting because I was the same I when I first when I first got um got became a Christian or what I, what I say like when I first had my my spiritual encounter I woke up every day and first thing I thought about was God I would pray I would like write big scriptures all over my wall when I lived in this like yeah. brain flat where I could do that um I threw away all my CDs I had Eminem CDs and Marilyn Manson DVDs and just like metal and rap I threw it all out um it got to the stage where I started like you know, I, then I started saying, then I stopped swearing. Then I stopped, then I started like picking rubbish up on the way home because it was like the right thing to do. Like I was, you, you go like, and I don't understand people who don't do that. Does you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't understand people who, who like have this experience, believe they tell you that they believe the Bible is true, but then don't follow what, yeah, follow it. Like it, to me, it's, it's bizarre. It made no um, sense at all. Like, and, and to this day, like when I'm arguing for atheism or whatever, just imagine you meet the God of the universe. That's not something anybody could potentially take lightly. And think of the doctrine of hell. So this is why I don't think those people truly believe in it. Because if you believed in the doctrine or hell of hell or you believed in this deity, you, I feel like you, you just couldn't exist. Like you're, you would have a psychiatric break because the thought yeah. of people actually, what the Bible says, well, I don't believe it's in the Bible, but like the hell doctrine is these people are tortured for eternity. Like yeah. you wouldn't be able to function, mm. especially going to work as, uh, to a nine to five. <laughs> like if you truly yeah. believe that shit. No, you, you're right. I I will even go further, and I say that I I think that any like sane person, if you, so, here's the catch: no one can understand eternity, right? No one can understand right. infinity. Like it's an un un yeah. understandable concept. I think that if someone could understand eternity, I I think it would be if they were a let's say a normal human being, normal thinking processes, they would find it impossible to worship a god that could send even a cockroach yeah. to that existence. Yeah. Like imagine, imagine, right? Like no one likes cockroaches, right? No, not many people. <laughs> but let's say I was just like torturing cockroach, like pulling off its limbs, and people mm -hmm. were watching, watching. They'd be like, "That's," and it was squirming and screaming. People would be like, "That's fucking cruel, you monster!" Like, stop torturing this cockroach. Or let's say it's a rat, something right. that you know you can see it in pain. Imagine that for eternally. Like, it's it's unfathomable, and to think that that a lot of christians are just like yeah my friends are going to hell but you know whatever like it's just like it's so bizarre to me like it's <laughs> it's uh it's bizarre <laughs> yeah 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 all right i feel like i unraveled i i just took it in a weird direction no okay. <laughs> no no okay so that's something i also wanted to mention is weird directions are totally fine for this podcast that's what this podcast <laughs> is it's weird directions a lot of the time we don't even talk about the thing that is in the title um because i just like to let the conversation go where, where it goes but so 
with your uh so you threw away all your tattooing gear so does that mean you don't tattoo anymore like you you won't do it i just want to get a tattoo i just want to get a sick tattoo from you at some conference in the future look can it can that happen yeah i can make that happen okay I could totally, <laughs> well and like partially my hands are pretty fucked up from tattooing so like yeah people ask me all the time like well why don't you just go back to it it's like one it's a huge investment and two i don't want to wreck my hands any further like you know does it is it like the vibrating that like yeah well they've changed so much since like when i tattooed but like it was like these giant tubes that you hold on to and so like just the grip of uh, yeah. like, all day you know yeah yeah true true okay so you've you've left now you've left um tattooing um when you become a christian you throw away all your stuff where do you go from there oh i join a cult oh. I also <laughs> okay what kind of <laughs> what kind of christian were you when you first had your experience with Jesus, uh, and um, then how did you like? Then what happened when you when you got involved in the cult? Like, did, it, did that change at all? Were you the kind of Christian who like prayed for a parking space uh, on the way to work? Did you like pray for people in the street? Do you believe in healing? Like, what kind of Christian okay. were you before you? Yeah. Became, like, so my initial Christian upbringing was like fundamentalist, evangelical, non-denominational, which is. A denomination in itself but it wasn't very like it believed in the gifts of the spirit but i didn't experience much of that in church okay so like whatever so that's my christian upbringing and i have this 180 and i swing into like full-blown pentecostal because i'm like yes this is evidence this like so i and yeah. you were seeing and it was so charismatic and so like felt like shit was actually happening and so that's the cult was uh the last reformation torben sondergaard if you're familiar i think he's in jail now um, <laughs> i'm not familiar but i love oh, i think he's in jail like, yeah so he's good. being held in jail like i just read about him recently um and what was i talking about oh and so they heavily live out the book of acts so they truly believe that like this is where intercessory prayer happened this is where i went to like healing conferences uh, i used to go to like doug stanton meetings um he is in jail see i told you <laughs> a true movement of god produces what does it say oh geez a true movement of god produces true persecution torben in jail so like this is a That's good thing that he's in jail that. yeah this yep. is how you justify it wow very culty yeah so i was in that cult and uh we would do street healings and we would do baptisms and like this is the bapt water baptisms where uh, we believed that um, evidence of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. And so we would baptize people in water and then basically scream at them until they uttered nonsense. And then we're like, all mm. right, you're saved. And yeah. then we, yeah. Did you, did you um, ever speak in tongues? Yes. Can you still do it? Or do you feel like, or I, not, I not... felt stupid then doing it. I feel stupid now doing it. And yeah. so I didn't want to speak in tongues 
Um, so I sort of convinced myself that I had the gift of interpretation. So I could be the mm. one not speaking in tongues. And it always says that you're not supposed to do it unless there's somebody's there to interpret, right? Like it is useless without an interpreter. And I wonder, I wonder if I should speak in tongues and you should interpret what I'm saying. Okay. Um, that I'm the best guest you have ever had on this podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. I know, right? <laughs> Your talent. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I remember giving myself the gift of the spirit, uh, uh, the gift of the tongues. I remember going for a walk and asking God for it, and then I started speaking in tongues. And then when I started going to, um, like youth groups and stuff, there's a difference between what I just did then though, and like, um, like when you're when you feel quote unquote slain in the spirit and you start speaking like these other like very weird tongues like i, I found there's a difference there um so aunt <laughs> just says no lies detected <laughs> that's great so um so you're part of this um this last reformations uh, cult uh, how did mm -hmm. like how, where do you go from there like how did you get out of the cult like how did <laughs> eventually <laughs> uh yeah so i uh my husband was always an atheist and were you married before you first became christian or were you together yeah yeah oh, okay cool yeah so we met in high school we dated in high school then we took kind of a break i shared this whole story on oz's channel like we get married in a jail it's just shit's crazy and <laughs> okay <laughs> and so um we weren't in jail we just got married at a jail just to clarify. Okay. 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 You um, weren't in jail. You were just at the jail. <laughs> right. Yeah. But well, maybe you were. Oh, what? You maybe you were, maybe it was signs of your persecution. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I wanted yeah. to get a taste of that. Bitty in jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you got married. Yep. I, I keep jumping all over the place. Nope, Sorry. You're good. No, I'm just going to shut up. Continue, continue telling your story. <laughs> I could just remember like where I left off, then we'd be good. Um, <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Deep Herb's podcast would be even worse than this. It'd be great. Um, no shit. <laughs> so we should get, um, what were we talking about? Holy crap. Um, so how, I think how I got out of the oh, cult. How you got out of the cult. Yes, okay. that's right. How you got out of the cult. Yeah. Okay. So my husband was always an atheist and he so open-minded, super patient, would go with me to all of the shit that I was involved with. And so <laughs> he went to like a healing conference with me in Raleigh. No. Yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina. And whatever. He was like, this is some crazy shit. And then I ended up hosting one of those meetings in Minneapolis and we used to do like the gay pride praying at them sinners <laughs> oh uh, right yeah gosh. so you were you were running anti-gay pride things at the gay, gay pride I, well rally. so i had my kick it's called a kickstarter because you're kickstarting the holy spirit and so i had yeah. i hosted that and then we took teams to different places we ended up taking our team to minneapolis at like during the largest gay pride festival and like condemned people as they walked by and we prayed for people and whatever that's what when i looked up the last reformation it said get kickstarted today yeah yeah kickstarters yeah. that's what <laughs> yeah that's what we called them thought... um fuck i'm so bad at remembering what the hell i was talking about 
No, so you're talking about the gay, um, gay oh, pride. Yeah. And um, we did like exorcisms and all that stuff. And then my husband ended up showing me a YouTube channel. And I, to this, the amount of times I've told this story, you'd think in between then and now I would go look up who this person was, but he was basically a, mu uh, a magician and he would perform on the streets of Las Vegas as a street healer or a street Darren, preacher. Darren Brown? Maybe. Miracles for Sale. It could be it's it. A, it's a documentary, yeah. he go, That that to me, like, broke me a little bit. He goes Did out it? and okay. he, like, he, he puts his hand on people and he does the old leg straight. He, he helps yep. this, pre this fake preacher do all these, like, things like make the legs bigger and f fix their yeah. backs. And they're all like, oh, it's all healed. It's all healed. Yeah. Yep. And yep. they're not using any type of prayer. Any, they're not doing anything. They're just with yeah. the power of suggestion, adrenaline. Yeah. Another one. Yep. That it's was called it. Miracles, it's... Miracles for Sale. It's on Vimeo. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm, I kind of want to watch it again because it was so long ago. But like my mind just went. <sighs> and mm. instead of leaving the faith, I just swung into the complete opposite and became uh, Baptist, Calvinist, and then um, Messianic Judaism is where I landed. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, because then I was like, well, this is bullshit. Uh, they're only talking about the book of Acts. So then I just started, I'm like, I'm going to read the whole Bible and I don't ever want to be fooled again because I felt so stupid to be have to just fall for this shenanigans and then yeah. especially with that documentary and so i was like never again and i just this is why i know the bible so well so if you watch like people are like you know the bible so well yeah because for like five years that's all i did it's all i read mm. all the time so yeah <laughs> did you find it interesting though reading the bible as a baptist versus reading the bible as an atheist did you see a difference there in like how you would notice things that you didn't normally you wouldn't normally notice so like for me i i noticed things like you know i the slavery was never something i even thought about mm -hmm. i knew it was there but it's not something i even thought about or cared about when i was a christian but then now that i'm an atheist i'm like this is really like fucked up like this this is not okay and um did you find a difference there between like reading it as an atheist reading it as as a christian um, so the denomination that I ended up in, uh, that the Torah is what we studied. So I kept the law. I kept the feast days slavery. I was obviously aware of. And what I, what I respect about Judaism and even the messianic movement. And I understand it's like cultural appropriation. I get it, but that's just what I was in. Um, that you don't shy away from the difficult questions like you do in Christianity because Christianity is like, oh, well, the Old Testament was done away with. Like, we just don't follow that shit. And that's yeah. a lot. There's like a lot of theological problems when you start to do that. And, you know, so I took it very literal. I took the whole Bible in its entirety. And so I was familiar with like all of the verses. I think the only one I really didn't know about was... Um, uh bashing the babies against the rocks that was a like a big one when i became mm. an atheist i'm like holy shit and then obviously numbers where you learn about uh the child sacrifices under uh eleazar right eleazar shit it's been a long time um mm, i'm not familiar with the child sacrifice there oh I yeah don't know. yeah yeah 
they they take uh is it numbers 32 someone in the the chat probably already knows but i think it's numbers 32 yeah right so <laughs> yeah it's yeah so okay so you're now you went to southern baptist when did you go to messianic judaism cult okay so it, it was just like i wouldn't say that i ever attended churches that were baptist or calvinist but like i started to go in that direction uh, yeah, as yeah, far yeah, as yeah. the validity of scripture and kind of more orthodox um and so yeah i ended up god there's a documentary called the way and it basically talks about like uh how first century christianity and judaism were indistinguishable i agree with that still uh talked about how all of the holidays that we celebrate today are basically pagan it makes the case for you know um why the law is still relevant how that is the covenant and how um basically that is what is to be saved um and i still agree with that like i think like pat lowinger always tells me he's like stop arguing for theology that you don't even believe in but like to me i had to go to the strictest um like denomination to learn myself out of it because mm. i didn't want to be fooled again so i basically just continued to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and, learn, and I learned just right out of it because I had that passion for knowledge. Uh, but the Messianic Judaism cult, uh, I was in it for, I don't know, like about a year. I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, it was, I used to do like the dances and stuff like that. And I really had, because I was feeding my mind, like learning so much, like they had Hebrew classes and you were learning the Old Testament so well that when you grow up in Christianity, you kind of just get like motivational speeches. You really don't learn yeah. the Bible in church yeah. anymore. Especially like, especially like the um the Hillsong esque type of churches, you know, where it's like five yeah. best ways to live a godly life, and it's like they'll sprinkle some scripture in there, but it's a lot, a lot of just anecdotes about stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. uh and then how I got out of that cult is uh, my husband, again, showed me a YouTube video called It's Okay to Be Smart. And it talked about like evolution and some of the biggest uh, evidences as for why it is true, because I didn't grow up believing evolution and uh, or knowing about it, I should say. And talked about like, whale fingers and how the trachea or whatever of the giraffe and how that's not intelligent design and i was quickly like okay this there's evidence here and i quickly accepted then uh the evolution uh, you know like as fact and mm. um but then that started to basically just destroy my foundation because now what about the flood story and what about this? And if that's allegorical, how do I know that this isn't? And I just spiraled mm. out of like control. Like I, I was having an identity crisis, honestly. I felt like my whole life was a lie and I'm still trying to hold on to it because I liked it. And, you know, to learn that all those years of devoting myself to scripture and this, and then what now? Like if it weren't true, 
And I remember, okay, so in Judaism, Yom Kippur is the holiest day. It's when God is the closest to his people. It is the apex of days, whatever. And so we were having a worship night and my, my foundation's already cracked. I've tried asking people for help and the Christians that I knew were just being like, well, you really just need to go home and pray about it. And I'm like, I don't understand, like, what do you think I'm doing? You know? Um, and it was Yom Kippur, we were having a worship service and it was congregations from like all over the Midwest were attending. This was a really big event. Um, and the lead singer got uh, strep or bronchitis or something like that. And when you're in the messianic movement, you believe that you are saved. Those that keep the Torah are the ones that God answers their prayer because you are in covenant. You're keeping the Sabbath, which is like the most important commandment of all. And so there's also rules and instructions, unlike the cult for healing. Uh, if you read the Bible, there is like, you know, pray, go to the elders, anoint their head with oil. Like it is very step by step. It tells you what to do. And so not only were we keeping Torah, but this is the elders of people that were keeping Torah. They anointed her head with oil. Like they were doing all of the steps and she didn't get healed. And I went, this is all bullshit. Like it's all bullshit. There's absolute, or God, either he is real and then he just doesn't keep any of his promises because there are so many promises for those that keep my commandments. Like sickness shall not come to your door for those that keep my commandments. Like if that's, that's a promise. And yet, mm -hmm. we're, you know, and this is where Christians are like, well, God's ways are higher than ours. Yeah, but that's bullshit. That's like what you say to yourself because you're not getting the results that are told to you, like that are supposed to happen according to God himself. Um, and so then I just started spending all my time watching atheist debates and like you realize just how lack of lack of evidence there is uh, for Christianity. And then you learn like, gosh, the development and what it looked like in fourth and third century. And like, you know, like you start mm. to learn all the stuff and you learn about like um, Gilgamesh and like you're just like, OK, well, wow, this is, you know, what is the Bible at that point? And yeah, I don't know if I just like started rambling, but the ramble, the rambles there. Yeah. Yes. The ramble is fantastic. Got, got a few um great, uh, great things. God is just testing you. That's yeah. a classic response. Um, the Bible is the best way um, to atheism. Uh, I, I would agree with that. It, <laughs> like, it's so funny. I, I hear so many atheists tell people to read the uh, Bible. Um, Jenna said, hey, like the damn video and folks and sub, if you do, David will slide into your TM's wink face. 100% will. <laughs> uh, Tang, yes. I, um, yes, Shorty wants to be a thug. Yep, I got a nose ring. Uh, you got a nose so, ring? Yeah, I got it the other day. I just, oh, I saw nice. you had one and I was like, oh, I tried to parrot the guests. No, it's this, I call this the dad life crisis because um, I just, becoming a dad is freaking me out a little bit. So I was like, I want to do something reckless, not reckless, but I just want to do something just fucking bizarre so for me it was just going out and getting a, a spontaneous nose ring so i did it and i like Hell it yeah. I, I, yeah so yeah awesome. um it's a bit of fun um someone said i haven't read this so god's work is not what i'd expect from an all-powerful being but from an office temp with a bad mm. attitude in, in any any decently run universe this guy would have been out of uh, on his on his a long time ago 
Yes. So it's actually yeah. funny. You you mentioned on another podcast that uh, that the Apostle Paul was like the Donald Trump of the of first century Palestine. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much because it's like, I just imagine um, Saul like, when I was Saul, I killed the Christians. I was the best at killing the Christians, but now I'm Excuse Paul. Excuse me. Excuse me. No <laughs> women talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Homosexuals can't get into heaven. <laughs> We're gonna put a big beautiful wall in heaven. The homosexuals can't come in. They're not yeah. sending their best. They're, yeah, some of them are good people, but they're not sending their best. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like, geez. Well, keep I out think the gays. The dude, literally, is like, I'm the best that's ever been. There's no one better than me. And it's like, how was that not the Trump of that day? <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it is funny. I remember one of my Christian friends uh at the time, he um please excuse my language, uh everyone. Uh, I don't usually use this word, but he said uh he said he was a Christian, but he goes, but he's like, but you have to be real, Paul was a bit of a cunt. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, okay. He is. Um so so that whole process, like what actually we're, we're, I want to go back a little bit to what you were saying. Um, okay. I wanted to let you ramble a little bit, but I, I, I wanted to get this out as well. What would you say to someone who is a Christian but doesn't necessarily follow uh, the Old Testament doctrine? So, like, a lot of Christians that I talk to, I'm even talking, getting into an argument with people online at the moment about that. I had a tweet that had, like, 750 likes, which is big time for me. Mm. And it was literally, but people are saying, well, you're quoting the Old Testament. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, like, I was like, do you do you follow the Ten Commandments? Because that's in the Old Testament. What would you say to someone who's a Christian but doesn't but uses that excuse, knowing what you know from the messianic? Uh, um, Jewish... I would say go watch my TikTok account. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because okay. I have I have one video that went viral and it was like the amount of work I put into that TikTok. Um, you would like I found all the verses that you would have to negate in the New Testament and the Old Testament to to literally make that declaration. Um, and if that's the case, then like if Jesus did away with the law and the Old Testament, uh, it says uh, in first first John three, four, it says sin is lawlessness. Well, what is law in like that's the Greek term but it would be torah like without the torah and so if that's done away with then sin doesn't exist and so like i i was called like the biblical atheist because i literally i knew that bible so well and i knew how to already debate christians on their theology that i literally just took it and started doing that again as an atheist because in that's how i deconstructed the more mm -hmm. i learned about how Christianity is just kind of bullshit. It's all bullshit, but you get what I'm saying. Like it just doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, even yeah. have any consistency like, whatsoever not... in 35,000 yeah. denominations. Like that becomes incredibly problematic when you are the like religion that claims to have God dwelling within you. You should be the most unified group that would be like evidently like just so drastically different like you know what i mean i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore but like no yeah, yeah you're, i would you're say right. go to my tiktok like i and i used to be on tang and i would do call-in shows and i would do the same kind of stuff as teach uh what callers would call in with stuff and i would just own them theologically um 
because I'm not more, I, I like philosophy and all, all that stuff I'm not good at, but it just became too triggering for me. Like I can't do it anymore. Mm. And that might be like a good segue into like what I'm doing now, but um, there's still a lot of trauma that goes all the way back to my early Christianity and like just gaslighting and, you know, verbal abuse. And so I was just continually triggering myself every damn time I was talking about the Bible and getting into like theological debates with Christians. And so. Yeah. I, I, I find it actually really hard sometimes to talk to Christians, not because anything they're saying is. Sometimes I say some stuff that that's, that's interesting, but if I'm being honest, what, what it is, is I try and be as when I'm trying to have a, like a real conversation with someone, I try and understand the perspective as best I can. Like I really mm -hmm. try and put myself in their, their, their shoes. Um, I, I try and be really honest. And when I do that, I have to go back into like an old way of thinking. It's the only way I can describe it. It's like, it's like, um, it's like, like your like, former Christian self. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. believing in ghosts or something. It's like, what if there is a ghost outside? And then that feeling, it's like I have to go back into that feeling to try and understand their perspective. And that feeling re really hurts. Like that feeling mm. is like hard to deal with. It's because yeah. it because it's uh it's so it's so conflicting with my current worldview and understanding. Like I've told this story a number of times, but we've had friends who who got had prophecies about us coming mm -hmm. to church to uh, um, to get prayer for Amy because she had endometriosis, mm -hmm. and we had to go through IVF for uh, the, our pregnancy, um, and uh, that was really hard to hear. That oh, you know, God told us that if you come, you'll get healed of this thing, even yeah. though we didn't believe it. It made me, it like put me into that old way of thinking. Like, what if there is hope? Like, what if what you yeah. know? What if there is? Because we're so desperate. And it was really, it was really hard to deal with. Um, so for me, I, I know where you're coming from with that, but for me, it was a little, a little different. Um, in, in that, it's it's like the old, it's like the old way of thinking more, more so for me. Biddy, you're writing a book, and we're going to be talking about that now, aren't we? You're co-authoring a book. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, there's, it's, it's kind of still on the DL. Um, Pat Lowinger is a historian and archaeologist that I met through the Tang Network, and basically we became friends. We talk daily, and uh, he specializes in ancient magical practices of the Mediterranean. I don't know, wow. something like that. That's so and cool. So, yeah, we're writing a book together. Uh, he's going to be kind of explaining how everything works. And then it's like Bitty Buddha's Guide to Ritual Agnosticism. And then there's like a little me like character. And I'm like, I try this. And I, <laughs> so the bulk of it and the substance will be Pat for sure. Awesome. So that that's so cool though. So uh, I I think I first met you on Tang. Um, shout out Tang, mm. Tang. Everyone goes to talk to Tang as well. Met you on Tang for the first time. I don't know what what panel it was, but we're talking about. I don't know it was good. It was a good panel. And I saw in the background you had a little like I think it was a Buddha or a Shiva statue. It was it was some Hindu god. I've got one back there that I picked up in Bali. Um, yeah. What were we talking like, about that stream? I remember that. What, 
I can't remember exactly what we're talking about. I know that we started doing some like weird symbols for like Tang at the end. Um, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. But, um, but yeah, I, I wanted to learn more about because like obviously, like your whole aesthetic is very much like a hippie. Like I'd see you, you know, like selling crystals at the local market. But like that's true. Like you, you, you actually love crystals. Um, you love tarot cards. Like you love star signs. You don't necessarily think it's, true in the same way a lot of people think it's true but you love yeah. them so tell us about this so let's start there tell us about this yeah so uh aesthetics is a huge part of it like um so much of myself i felt like i was suppressing that was i just kind of gravitated to as a child like you know hocus pocus i wasn't allowed to watch that but like there was just something about walking into like a metaphysical shop as a child I don't even know why I would have been there, but like loving crystals and like thinking that they're gateways to demons and I was not allowed to have that kind of stuff. And so now that I don't believe in any of it, I just fully embrace the aesthetic. I have crystals, I have tarot cards. Um, I have, I like hang herbs, it looks like an apothecary in here uh, because it just makes me happy. And it's been really healing to my inner child to, basically learn about stuff that I wasn't allowed to learn about. Um, and it's, it's been therapy and I just uh, do it. <laughs> I, I love what uh, Ricky Gervais says. Uh, someone said to him, like, why don't you pray just in case there is a God? And he says, why don't you hang up garlic in case there is a Dracula? But it's funny. You, you, you do like, <laughs> like we're well, yeah. not garlic, but you're like, you're hanging like, like, well, I do. I do Ricky. I, I, yeah. I, I, I got it all covered. <laughs> yeah. Dream catches a bit like, yeah. yeah. So, so, so if, what is it about those things that like fulfills you somehow? Like what, is it just that, is it just the aesthetic or is it, is it, or is it like special or? Um, primarily the aesthetic. Why? I don't know. I just, I love just nature and, and it just, it goes with my vibe. Um, yeah. but I do use it in practices so uh, the placebo effect is a very real thing. And uh, you can even electively placebo affect your mind. Um, you don't have to like not know that it's a placebo for it to work. But uh, that is, is something that I kind of do. Like with crystals, to me, it's like, okay, they represent this. Is that going to happen to me? No. But if I'm I'm like aware of like if these things like characteristics or attributes or whatever it is I'm working on is in front of me it is a, a tangible reminder for me to oh there's my rose quartz uh I'm working on love and patience today you know what I mean so it's just kind of like these mm. meditating uh things to kind of put your your focus on so that you have something in mm. front of you and it's really satisfied uh because i came out of a very strict orthodox religion to learn that which was all rules to learn that there's no rules and that put me into like deep deep nihilism and so mm -hmm. i like if there's no rules to this what's the point you know so i'm kind of electively putting myself back under the structure that is necessary for me to literally cope because mm. I 
can't cope with that. And that I know that the atheist community doesn't always like me saying that because it's not, you know, helpful to the community when that is such a statement that Christians make. But like, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with I, this. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I, I think. I can see why the atheist community might have a problem with that, but I think that from from a psychological perspective, everyone is doing what you're doing. So, like, yeah. I remember once I had to climb onto a roof, and I was really afraid of climbing onto this roof because it was—I shouldn't have been up there. It was a like someone the neighbor like yelled out to me like, "You're about to fall!" You know, "You're about to fall!" <laughs> so it was bad. But I remember thinking to myself like about Zelda, like playing the video game Zelda mm -hmm. and like how he would step up on things and the courage that he had. And that helped me get up. This is weird, right? Like, like I'm a grown ass man thinking about a children's video game. Um, but that helped me get up or, you know, there, there, are, there are other, there are like people use symbolism ideas. Um, th there are rituals in like sitting at a dinner table, eating food is a ritual. Mm -hmm. Does that help people get through the day? Well, yeah. Like, do we believe that there are goblins underneath the table that give us the powers to like get us through the day? No, no, we just, it's, it's part of, it's part of what makes humans humans. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, like I, I, I remember um, uh, this, this is book here called the thing about religion. And I wanted to read a little section of it. Cause I think that it, it perfectly demonstrates what you're talking about um, or what, what I'm trying to get to. So it's trying to define, someone is quoting someone, it's defining religion, right? A religion is a system of symbols which acts to establish powerful, pervasive, and long-lasting moods and motivations in men, let's say people kind, by, hum um, by formulating conceptions of a general order of existence and clothing these conceptions with such an aura of uh, factuality that the moods and motivations seem uniquely realistic. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think you can take anything, <laughs> crystals, um, uh, ancestor worship, the yeah. belief in God, and you can find, like, hope, purpose, strength through any of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're actually being way more honest than the typical atheist. And you're just, you're just saying, like, well, hey, like, I like these things. I don't necessarily believe in them, but they help me get through the day. I think that's actually, there's nothing wrong with that. Personally, I think there's nothing, I think that's great. Like, do yeah, whatever I, you, do, you do you. <laughs> I appreciate that because it has been, there's been a, some negative feedback that um, I'm I'm going against the, the cause as if, they're, you know, whatever. Uh, a lot of people have left the religion, but they haven't deconstructed the, like, dogmatic yeah. way of, deconverting people it's weird mm. but yeah i mean if i want to live my life like a dungeons and dragons campaign like that's what i'm gonna do because it makes me happy like i don't it, the most important thing is learning critical thinking skills because once you learn those critical thinking skills um and and it's kind of like you know a catch-22 too because two 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 um it's hard to kind of get into something if you also know it's not true so that's kind of the flip side of why ritual agnosticism is kind of hard because you're you want that passion because it keeps you motivated and it it 
you know, you have something to devote yourself to, but you also don't believe in it. Um, but what the fuck was I talking about? David. Is, <laughs> <laughs> is it like, um, what is, happening? Is, is, is ritual agnosticism? Is it like, um, is it like you're trying to, you have like certain rituals that you do and you're trying to believe in them in a certain way, but not, not, not like, you know, in a full, like you, you have to almost, I'm trying to get like really artsy with my answer. Like I'm, I'm trying to think with my, the art part of my brain, but like you almost give yourself to it, but you don't necessarily, your critical thinking skills know it's like when I go to a haunted mansion, yeah. Right. I can, I can just like laugh my whole way through it, but it's boring. I want to pretend yeah. like, I want to really, I want to like put myself in, I'm, I'm in a scary mansion. I'm in the labyrinth, you know, with yeah. David Bowie. Like I'm in, I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that situation because I want the experience, but I know it's not real. Is that what it's kind of like with ritual agnosticism? It's like these tarot cards, like I'm going to believe in these tarot cards. But then yeah. if you would really ask me, like, if you really sit me down, I know they're not real, but like, I'm going to really like put myself into them. Is that what it's like? Yeah, I you're not believing in a supernatural or outside force in anything or that you can manipulate energy and, you know, change something. But it's all about self-reflection, self-awareness, uh, self-empowerment. You see a lot of atheists, at least with this whole Gen Z and deconstruction movement, you're seeing a lot more people go into witchcraft uh, as mm -hmm. atheists, atheist witches. And it's because there's something to just feeling like you have control when things feel out of control and that kind of gives you something to put your intentions on and that's exactly what a ritual is and that's why it's different than a like routine is because a routine yes is something that you do on a daily basis you get up you brush your teeth you have your morning cup of coffee that's a routine um but if you were to start to put intention towards it it becomes a ritual so like if my intention is to sit here and meditate or, you know, whatever, then all of a sudden what would be a routine changes into a ritual. And why am I doing that? Well, because like the, the studies on this, now there's not a specific field that I'm aware of that studies agnosticism or ritual agnosticism, but we're finding people that just don't believe in stuff and they still go to church. They still go to mass. They still go to, you know, whatever, because it's, uh, it's tradition. Uh, it gives mm. them a sense of like, you know, belonging and, and they just, yeah, I hope I'm answering questions. No, you are. I, I think like you're, I'm not answering I think, I think you're, you're getting, asking. no, no, you're doing good. I think you're, I think if anything that's happening is you're getting like a little bit of like parent weed paranoia from, cause you, <laughs> you're doing fine. I think you're paranoid that you're not doing fine, but you're doing fine. <laughs> you're doing good. It's it's all okay, good. good. Um, so what about like uh, I've had much like I've had interviews that I'm like I'm like I'm like in my head I'm like frantically panicking like how do I get how do I talk to this person because they're just like but this is great so <laughs> so okay. I'm I'm good so like how does like so what do you think about like psychic readings then and or like mediums and things like that like do you have beef with those people or do you believe in that kind of stuff or not i don't know what do you think about those okay so for the very reason i also believe that i could interpret tongues um is 
it's like intuition, right? Like I do believe intuition is real. And I think some people are hypersensitive to it. And typically trauma would be the reason why, like they're very uh, observant of people's body language, you know, like stuff like that. And so there could be a little bit of that in psychic work. Uh, um, honestly, I don't know, like, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but like Pat does studies on this stuff and the amount of people that even they don't necessarily believe that they're, they have an, like an ability to read minds. Um, so I think it's a lot of scamming, but I think that there's just some people that can kind of really help, but like the whole, uh, you know, like I can solve a murder mystery because I'm tapping into the energy of the, the dead or whatever. I don't think it's happening, but like, I think some people just kind of get lucky with their, mm. you know, just throwing it's whatever. Like a... we'll and we always like to associate meaning to everything. We do that with everything. Yeah. So yeah. I could say, I just really feel like you're upset and you're like, you know what? Yeah. I kind of, you know, it's, and then it goes about also to like the power of suggestion as well. So like, we're mm. going to see what someone's saying that could be so vague and our brain's going to already put something to it, which makes it feel like it's, how did she know that about mm. me? You know? Yeah. There's, there's actually, uh, I don't know, uh, like if you're not comfortable talking about this, then just let us know. But I know there's um, been a huge uh, leap in um, the study of like psychedelics uh, mm -hmm. now. First of all, I, I've had friends who have um, taken way too much psychedelics uh, and have essentially ended mm. up in a mental institution with psychosis. I think mm. if you, I, I wouldn't advocate that anyone does this, uh, does psychedelics unless they're very certain what's going on and they're under supervision, yeah. even or, or by like a shaman or something. So I just want to get that out there. But, um, but uh, I know that there is a lot of, there's a book by, forgot who it's called but it's called how to change your mind and it's a doctor um let me just find it it's a doctor who um studied it um and ended up taking psychedelics and stuff because there's so much stuff around psychedelics at the moment um yeah your mind. um because that what i've and how it's by michael Pollan. um so let me just bring it up it's this book here um, by Michael Pollan, How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics. And it's it's a really it's a really interesting book, but what I find is interesting um, amongst those communities uh, of, of, of people who essentially trip all the time <laughs> or li like to do like, you know, ayahuasca circles and things like mm -hmm. that, uh, is they communicate, they communicate, okay, a lot of them, okay, two things. A lot of them communicate like bizarre things about like the cosmic plane of existence and and like, quantum mechanics and they have no understanding about any of that stuff and it's all bs in my opinion however what i think they are doing is they're trying to communicate this subjective like internal like art art brain thing into like mm -hmm. tangible objective physical uh, material concepts and i think that there's something to i think psychedelics is just a more intense i think the way people communicate about psychedelics is just like a more intense version of essentially what you're talking about with intuition in that yeah. it's a part of the brain and it's like it's hard for us to verbalize what's what that is uh so symbolism like crystals and things like that can help 
um, because it's not about objective reality. It's about subjective experience, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that made sense, but... Um, I think it made sense. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Am I a genius or like... <laughs> you just... I mean... <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize up here. <laughs> um, sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, was that really profound or really stupid? And I, I, I'm still, yeah. <laughs> like, There's um Was that like amazing? And then see if I wrote that shit down, I'd like see it in the morning and I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've actually after this, I've got to go delete some um, TikToks that I made last night at like three AM when I was drunk. I'm like, <gasps> don't do that. Well, <laughs> no, we no, for, like friends only, so we can yeah, see it. Okay, that was so that was just a bit cringy. That's all. Like I had to, I recorded them and my eyes were like this because I was so drunk. And so then I re-recorded them. And I'm like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> um, so um, there's uh, so I read the Bhagavad Gita when I was in um, or listened to this version of the Bhagavad Gita. It's an audible by. Eknash uh, Iswaran, and he and and I'm not sure if it's in this book, but so the Bhagavad Gita is like, you know, a, a text from like 450 BC. It's old, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the it's part of the Mahabharata, part of the uh, uh, the the Hindu mantra of things, right? Um, and the whole story is about like Arjuna and Krishna. Like Arjuna is like this leader of this army, and Krishna comes and like. Um, starts telling him about life and about the battle and things like that. What I found really interesting is some people are interpreting this to be like a, not a real battle that took place in history mm-hmm. or mythology, but like a psychological yep. thing. Um, a lot of and Hindu rem- mystics. I, I, okay. I, I like that because the Hindu mystics, um, all of the deities, like, so their, their ideology is that we are God, like, you know, you are me, I am you, we are God, all that kind of stuff. But like yeah. the, if you listen to mystics talk about the theology, like, uh, you know, all of these myths, they really bring it into like current modern neuroscience and like psychology. And like, I was a part of a, a like a, like a Hindu discord. And I loved it because like, I can get down with uh, like mythology when you start like applying like really deep yeah. like yeah. interpretations that would make sense in you know like a science worldview. Hmm. This is why I wanted to talk to you because I I feel like I I don't think any of it's true, but I can get on board a little bit with what you're saying, what I think you're saying, which is like <laughs> that that art brain, that art brain like feeling, right? So when I I there are parts of the Bible that I find absolutely disgusting. But when I read one, uh, 1 John, which is my favorite New Testament book, mm. I am like, you know, God is light and within him there is no darkness. I feel these feelings just rise up in me. I'm like, wow, this is poetic. This is this mm-hmm. is awe-inspiring. Same with the Quran. Some parts of the Quran were disgusting. Other parts I was like, wow, this is really beautifully written. Um, obviously, I didn't read it in Arabic. Aramaic, oh, no, Arabic sorry. Um, so I didn't get the full po- poetry, but mm-hmm. it was still beautiful. But I remember when this first happened to me to, with a non-Christian book and it was this, and I was reading this, mm. the Bhagavad Gita, poolside, drunk in Bali, wife was next to me, just chilling, sunbathing. And we're just like having a great time. And I'm listening to the audio version. I had to buy the physical book, but it was this that stuck out to me. So Arjuna is talking, uh, Krishna is talking to Arjuna and, and explaining who he is. And he's saying, 
I'm the ritual I, and, and the sacrifice. I, um, I am true medicine and the mantram. I'm the offering and the fire which consumes it. I'm the one who, um, to whom it is being offered. I'm the father and mother of this universe and its grandfather too. I am its entire support. I am the sum of all knowledge, the purifier, the syllable Om. I am the sacred scriptures, the rig, uh, Yaju, and Sama Vedas. I am the goal of life, the Lord and support of all, the inner witness, the abode of all. I am the only refuge, the one true friend. I'm the beginning, the staying, and the end of creation. I'm the, the womb and the eternal seed. I am heat, I give and, with, and withhold the rain. I am immortality, I am death. I, I am what is and what is not. When I read, when I heard that, like for one, it sounded like I was reading some like part of Isaiah or like Proverbs or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is written before the Bible um, mm -hmm. or at least before those scriptures. Um, and I was just like, whoa. And I remember just like being like perplexed by the idea of this, like of this, like this thing that was like everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and that like bring up these feelings in me that I would, did not expect. Um, and that's when I started to realize that even though I didn't think it was true, I found it really interesting, mm -hmm. um, and and that got me on that, that got me on the whole path of like that's why I bought the Shiva statue, and that's why I'm nice. super interested in world religions, and, and yeah. So I just thought I would share that. Yeah, yeah. I think well, you can you can appreciate religion um, by with being an atheist, like you can mm. appreciate the stories and the culture, and you know, like there's. I think we're lying to ourselves if we say, like, if we just try to not realize that there is some beauty in these things. And yeah, like, I totally agree with you. And I think it's fun to learn about. And um, yeah, like, I, I, I get what you're saying. Mm. It's not, it's, I just don't think it's true. Like, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's just, I just don't think it's true. Like, I think that makes it so much more enjoyable to read as well. It's like, how did humanity think about things 2,000, 3,000 years yeah. ago? That's incredible. Like, yeah. what's the context? What does this mean? How is this applicable to our lives today? It's like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's it's fun to read and, and learn about. And <laughs> This interview has just turned to, like, me telling you about things I like. So I apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> well... Uh, no, like, so I, I really like Gaia theory. I really like thinking that we are in this connected ecosystem and the earth is how we sustain life, which is true, but like it, it that it's like this conscious being because it makes me want to take care of it. And it makes me yeah. like, realize that we're all connected and like so and and collective consciousness like i can like these things and then i can live my life accordingly to what they do and bring out of me and not at the end of the day believe in it but like imagination like has been so healing to the inner child to go back into this like imaginative imaginative uh like play and basically as an adult now kind of living in, in like an mm. imagination land, but it's not harmful. Like it used to be when I believed it and was delusional, 
this is elective. This is like, this is what I frame my worldview so that I can be a better person given the mm. circumstances of reality, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and not become nihilistic. So that's what I, yeah. what I am doing. And so, so go ahead. with your night, with your nihilism, like how did that just to jump back to the part where you become, you became really nihilistic. What, what, how did that manifest itself? Like, what did you, what was it? You, did you fall into a depression or did you just start like being reckless with your life or like how, like what was the, how did your nihilism, how did that affect you negatively? Just super depressed. Like yeah. there's no point to any of this. Like why even bother? Uh, I got heavily into like Taoist philosophy you know because that's like oh well whatever is gonna happen is already predetermined and you can't do anything about it so you're just here to experience it and i didn't like that because it it felt so passive and that like i was looking for a sense of control and like okay <laughs> this, this is what i'm struggling with and uh like this is the hardest part about ritual agnosticism is okay like okay there is like <laughs> studies that when you grow up in an environment like fundamentalism it affects your brain like the way your brain grows and develops everything affects your brain yeah yeah so you can leave religion and then you your brain is still broken like mm. so it's this then going into what is structure because for me growing up in that environment like i needed a goal like there's no goal to this like even if i'm a, like it doesn't make a sense for me to be a humanist because mm. i'm then placing an arbitrary goal if you like zoom out there's no goal for humans to survive right like so that's why i'm not a humanist and like i'm like well if there's no goal what is the point of taking care of the earth why be vegan why not just do like then I, I wouldn't say that I became reckless, but I didn't have the passion or the desire to kind of contribute in a society. Like I, it was mm. like my values had just gone out the door because there's no point. And like, so it was depression. It was that. And I don't know, like. It's, it's also, it's also so funny though, because a lot of people I, I know, I know people who've gone the other way where they start yeah. doubting their faith and then all of a sudden life yep. means everything. Like yeah. they're like, oh, no, this is the one life we have. Like this isn't just a doormat to wipe my feet on as I go to heaven. Like I'm going to travel. I'm going to like spend time with my loved ones. I'm going to like, if this is a big slice of delicious cake that'll eventually go off, I'm going to eat this cake. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm going to eat this piece of cake um, and try to enjoy it. So it's interesting how different perspectives can flip like you can you can become really depressed or it can be really yeah. motivating well i think yeah. it just goes down to the wiring of your brain like if i don't have a goal and what's hard for me too is i'm looking for a standard for me to measure up to so that i can be told i'm good or i'm doing it bad that doesn't exist like hmm. there's no rules to if you are an atheist there's no rules to witchcraft there's no rules to hinduism there's no rules to any of this because i don't believe in the mythology behind it and it's living to learning to live in the gray and 
trust myself and not try to look for external validation, which is something that I really struggle with. And that's, and I, I just, I'm looking for a grade all the time. And so um, that's what religion has done to me. And this is why I am putting myself back under structure so that I have something does that make sense? Am I making any sense? No, you are. You are. I just okay. something you said there. Something you said um, uh, stood out to me. Uh, have you heard of Epictetus? Epictetus. Hmm? Have you heard of Epictetus? Epictetus. Epic. Epic. To be honest, I've only just heard of him, so I might be. But he said. Um, if you are ever tempted to look outside for approval, this is something that I just learned. So I oh, thought okay. I'd you. Um, realize that you have compromised your own integrity. If you need a witness, be your own. Yeah. That's that was really hard for me to like ponder because I was just like, because I I want I want people to like I often ask you know people, what do you think about this? Or like I want someone to yeah. tell me, like, oh, you did good in that interview or you did bad. Like I want to know because I I feel like I can fool myself all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's just maybe something to ponder. Um, I don't know if it's true, but it's just it's something that I um, thought was interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that resonated because that would be that. Like I didn't. I like I like self help books because they're they're great. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what kind of shit I like to read. Yeah. Well, his uh his self help from. 200 bc or 200 ad i think hell yeah the um, first self-help author maybe <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know yeah one, one of them uh so um so i've got uh, i've got so i have so many um so my, my mind's kind of racing with like directions we could take this but okay i think there was something i was gonna ask before um but i forgot um i'm, I'm i apologize as well because i've been all over the uh <laughs> The, the shop as well <laughs> you gotta put like reins on me because i'm like yeah yeah no no yeah. well i'm also <laughs> we're both just i'm hungover so i'm we're both <laughs> just like our brains are firing at like 20 percent um yeah we have such a horrible like uh time difference between you and me because i'm like <laughs> way yeah. yeah so you're in canada you're in canada now hey mm -hmm. yeah cool that's cool i'd like atlantic to go to time so yeah. Like, yeah. So what time is it for you over there now? Uh 12:30 or 12:20 or whatever. Uh okay. It's um 2:20 p.m. for me, which is nice. Right. Um uh so you actually mentioned uh, the chocolate uh the chocolate ritual study. Mm -hmm. Uh could you talk a little bit about that because that's really interesting. Yeah, so in my uh YouTube video on like what is what is ritual agnosticism, I talk about a study where they gave people um, some chocolate and in one group they had them perform a ritual and what is a ritual uh, might be helpful like it has to meet a specific criteria in order to be considered a ritual so like number one that's going to be like physical movement um like an action a gesture like an utterance stuff like that two uh it must follow a predetermined and recognizable series of actions or patterns uh, so you could be saying something multiple times, you know, ringing a bell, you know, like whatever it is, but it has to be in a pattern. Um, and then three is the combination of physical action and recognizable patterns of action must be undertaken by the participant for symbolic, experiential, and or meaningful purpose, 
purposes. And so what they did is they had the one test group uh, perform like a ritual uh, before or while eating the chocolate. And um, that group reported that um, they ate it more slowly because they were really enjoying it. Um, it was more delicious, they even reported, um, because you're really bringing your focus in instead of just uh, like consuming chocolate. So the ritual does bring meaning to whatever it is you are doing. Hmm. It's been a, a little while since I've read that study, but I'm pretty sure that's, no, that's the summary. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's super interesting that we can do that. I've, I've read, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but I read somewhere or, or, or saw somewhere that there was like, they had these like strangers um, like get asked a question, but like before that they, uh, oh no, they were, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm screwing this up, but essentially like just by offering someone a cold drink or a warm drink, it would change the way they would remember mm. the whole situation, like like crazily. Um, once again, I'm butchering it because I don't actually, I'm just telling everyone half half the idea. Yeah. But um, I wanted to, um, I, I've got some questions uh, for you. Um, unless there's something else you wanted to touch on with the ritual agnosticism. Um, um, I, I'm good. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the first question I always ask um, everyone, and it'd be interesting to hear what you would say to this. What if anything would change your mind? Would anything change my mind? Yeah. What if anything would change your mind about God? Uh, evidence would be one. <laughs> but well, you think of, okay, like when once I determined that Christianity was false, I didn't, it just kind of was like every deity, right? Like there's, it's, and if there is a deity, um, it has absolutely no interaction with us. Like mm. there'd be no way to, to, to prove that without like using the scientific method. So like if there was something like that, uh, yeah, like evidence would change my mind, um, based off of like, if it was the Abrahamic God, you talk about like, I mean, it's easy for us to say that we wouldn't worship that deity, even if it was real, because he's just a, you know, ego maniac, crazy person, right? Narcissist. And, but like, think about it. Like if that were true, gosh, I, I don't know. Like I'd probably cave because <laughs> just think <laughs> of like eternal torture, you know what I mean? Like, but mm. Yeah, like just philosophically, I would not worship that deity if it was true, but it would have to be sufficient evidence, I guess, that like the scientific what, method what? is awesome, like that it's demonstrable, that it's repeatable, you know, like that, that is all we really have to determine truth, you know, so. So, so what would evidence look like for like the existence of a God, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a no tough idea. one because a, a lot of street preachers will say that, and then they'll go, "Well, if you don't know what what evidence you need, then you're then you don't like you can never be convinced." When we know, like, like, I mean, mm. right? There's there's no reason for me. It makes no sense that God wouldn't if God cared cared about us. Mm -hmm. Like, assuming God gave a shit about us caring about Him. We shouldn't need to read it from a book. Like you could just tell it. You yeah. could just say to everyone, "Hey, I'm real." Like, like in their mind, they know 
for a fact that he's real. And then they have a choice whether or not they want to follow him yeah. or not. That's still free will. Like, that's still yeah. free will there. Well, um, you think about him walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. Like, mm. if there was somebody here on Earth that everybody was seeing, not just me, and was... I don't know, like, see, I don't even know if I'd like worship him because I'd be like, wow, okay, let's let's study this guy. Why is he yeah. able to do these things? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It'd be like, uh, yeah, you'd have a few questions like, so wh why was it okay to drown babies in, yeah. in the flood? Like, just things like that. Um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to ask. Yeah. Um, what is the next, next question, uh, last question? Uh, what is the most... Actually, I'll, I'll throw in a bonus question, but what is the most plausibly true religion you don't believe in? What Which is I guess the is what? all of them. The most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in. Um, I like Buddhism. <laughs> so many people say that. Yeah. So many people say that. Um, I just feel like, okay, do you know who uh, Thick Quang Duck is? Is that, Sorry. Is that like a YouTuber name or is that like some saint that, okay. No, it's, it's the man that started himself on fire in oh, like, to end the Vietnam the, the, War. The, the cover of um, yeah. Rage Against the Machines album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and like Time Magazine. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like he was a Buddhist and mm -hmm. he got, like there was someone else recently, literally recently that set themselves on fire that was also a Buddhist this day and age over climate change activism. Um, mm -hmm. It didn't get nearly that. as much coverage as it should have, which is really sad that that was done in vain. But there's uh, something yeah, but, but, to it's, that. Climate that change is a bad meme. What? <laughs> like, climate change is a bad meme. People hate yeah. talking about climate change, where everyone loved shitting on the Vietnam War. So that's probably why it didn't happen. It's yeah. Annoying. Ugh. Don't get me yeah. started on that topic. But... <laughs> There's something to that, that they can get themselves into a contemplative, meditative mind where they can sit there on fire. And it's like, we have documentation, like, like videography of these people where they didn't flinch and they just sat there. Like, that's, that's amazing to me. What is happening? Mm. What are you tapping into that you can literally shut off? Like, your pain receptors and there seems to be mm. unity amongst the buddhists um mm. now that may not be historically true but maybe modern there, buddhism that it there's just a lot of different kind of... well there are a lot of different sects of um buddhism um i really liked um the dhammapada if anyone's loved likes i think that's a really atheistic a lot of people yeah. call it the atheistic part of buddhism but dhammapada is a good book but the um once again, this author wrote about it, um, translated it. It's great. But um, they, there's some sects of Buddhism that believe in hell, which, which, but, but mm. it's, a, it's a kind of a hell that I can get on board with. If you're just so bad at burning your karma off through every existence of life, like you just can't do it, um, like getting rid of your karma and increasing your dharma and becoming enlightened, you go to hell. But it's only temporary to burn off the karma that. And, and, and it's just the process of burning off the karma so that you can become enlightened. So it's like a, so like where, where Christianity is like a test, like traditional Christianity is like a test where you fail, you go to hell. Islam is like a test. You fail, you go to hell. That's it for eternity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nice Christians will say it's destruction, which doesn't sound that bad to me. Mm -hmm. um, 
then you've but then you've got um but, but buddhism it's like well no if, if you stuff up you go to hell and you're just it's and then you're given like another chance like you that hell serves a purpose rather than just like torture and i thought it yeah. was really cool that's something that i i liked the concept of that was a nice concept for me um my light shut off but yeah well and it makes more sense too because if 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 hell is real it should be like in comparison to whatever it is that you did right <laughs> where in christianity mm. it's like oh yeah you hit a dog on your way home hell oh you're a murderer of billions of people hell but they're the same consequence like it should be I well, I don't even know if hitting a dog on your way home would be hell. Like, I think, yeah, it's true. There, there are consequences <laughs> for that. Like, but like you know, um, uh, you know, um, oh. someone Jeffrey God Jeff, up. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer eats someone and yeah. then repents in prison, heaven. The the sister or the brother or the mum or the dad who can't forgive him, but lives their life perfectly in every other way or lives lives the best life they can they help at the soup kitchen hell eternal punishment like that mm -hmm. is crazy to me because they can't forgive yeah. someone who ate ate there it's uh yeah it's it's um it's actually immoral um i would say that's that's the question i was actually going to ask before where do you get your morals from biddy where do you get your morals from that's a question christians like to ask uh well i think morals are all subjective um us being the subject so and heavily influenced based off of empathy and society but like if we just have empathy and you know this is the golden rule throughout all different religions is i don't like to say treat others as you would like to be treated but like yems yeah, what if you're like a satan masochist or something or like what if you yeah, like to be degraded like, there's some problems <laughs> like sexually or something yes. <laughs> yeah yeah like i've got a real i've got a degrading fetish so it's like it's like don't treat people how you want to be treated <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, <wait. laughs> but like just equality and you know you are a sentient being i don't want to cause harm to you um mm. it's funny know. um I, I had to jump on and we argued about morals for ages and um, we disagree. I, mm. I I don't believe morals are real. I believe I'm kind of a moral anti-realist. I think that people just operate within their own preferences. Yeah. But on the on the like, uh, but I but I would say that in a way that morals are subjective. So I do believe in morals, but not in the way that a lot of other people think. I think I think the people operating within their own preferences is subjective. But we got into a huge argument and he made this funny point that. He believes morals are objective and this is like an, a law of the universe we haven't discovered and he said that um that what would they be well he says that um watch the episode with t-jump it's it's a bit of a shit show but the um so he believes that there's like an unfound law of the universe that we haven't discovered yet that is morality so like um so like love always... like love would be the Moral I'm not sure, but like it's off. always wrong to punch. It was always wrong to punch a baby. Like it's always wrong to eat, um, eat meat, and he still does it because he just considers himself an immoral person. But he said that a society with that uh, the most moral society would be a, a society that um, doesn't doesn't like infringe on people's um, like free will. Um, I think is what he said. So like there'd be no stop signs. There'd be no like that would be the perfectly moral society. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but he, but w w anyway, it's a long thing, and I don't really, I don't agree with him at all. But um, the, the, <laughs> what was really funny is he said that religious morality is subjective. He said that it's it's the only one that is subjective. He said because it's oh, it's, it's, depend, it's dependent on the mind of God, yeah. and that's what subjective means. And yeah. I was just like, damn. And I was like, that's actually really interesting. But then I also love what Dr. Josh said. And Dr. Josh said, if you believe that you get your morality from the Bible, you don't know that slavery is wrong. And I was like, damn. Like, Yeah. Is who is it? Um, who is it? Sam Harris. Uh, mm. He has a whole thing on this. And he talks about how uh, divine law is just the absolute worst. Because like, if you ask... Um, Oh God, it's so good. And I haven't seen it forever. So I can't, I'm going to butcher it. But he talks about like asking, you know, a child if it's okay to hit somebody and they say no. And then you say, you say to the same child, well, what if the teacher tells you to hit somebody? They still say no, but that's like in divine command theory. Uh, now, what if your oh. God is telling you to do that? Um, you now uh, are basically a psychopath because... <laughs> You have, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I don't mean to like say that in like a really demeaning way, but like it, it's basically the structure of socio sociopathic tendencies when you think of mm. divine command theory. That's so good. And I also love that um, for most of this podcast, it's been me and you trying to remember what we were talking about <laughs> and then half remembering half remembering studies and things that we've heard that we kind of butcher. Yeah. I've been way worse than you, but like, damn, this is, oh. this is great. If, if I'm having a good time. Stuff was like two songs. <laughs> I could remember anything. Literally, I remember all of the lyrics to like Gangster's Paradise and like, but then I'm like, um, you know, like, Julio. just something I read today. I can't remember shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll read an entire book and I won't remember it until I'm like angry and arguing with someone online. And then all those thoughts will come back. It's like, I know the adrenaline to like wake up that part of my brain. Um, but uh, I've been having a great time. I don't know about everyone listening because we've just been all over the place, but I've had a great yeah. time. Has everyone else had a great time? <laughs> Let me know if you had a great time or if you've got any questions. I've got one last question to ask Biddy unless someone okay. else has any questions. And that is, if you could, I, I assume you don't believe in an afterlife, right? Are you um, a materialist? Yes. Well, okay. okay. Uh, going back <laughs> into the ritual agnosticism, I like reincarnation. Okay. I like it. I, I don't necessarily I like it too. With like I just don't the, think it's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's true either. But I am choosing to live my life as though it is. So you kind of like, you can't, you're going to get yourself ended. You're kind of like the Jordan Peterson of the Eastern religion. Ugh. <laughs> I. It's been a great show. Sorry. Sorry. I just, I knew that would be so offensive. No, but that's exactly what he says. He says he lives his life as if, like, his, yeah, you know, like, as if there is a not, God. But that's bullshit. Like He's just that's wager kind of shit. Like, no. You know, I'm not, and that has so many problems with it. But, like, I just pick philosophies I like that help motivate me to be a better human and then pretend they're real. <laughs> Ritual agnosticism, mm. right there. Mm. I missed a question. Andrew, uh, where did um, did you come up with the bitty part of your name? Okay, so my last name is something, um, and Biddy is a nickname for that. 
Oh, I just okay. don't give out cool. like my real name on social media because I don't want to get murdered. Oh, can you give us your address though? Yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I sometimes ask people on stream like, "Hey, can you can you tell everyone um, how much you earn and where you live?" Thanks. Um, no, but um, <laughs> someone said Biddy looks fantastic. I agree. Love the whole vibe going on. Thank I don't you. know if we can mention the thing that you're talking about before stream, but but if if you feel like it, you can. Um, mm -hmm. Tang said, "I am God." Kanye West. Um, Kanye West well, sucks. He's racist, God. If he is, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So the last question is, uh, so, and I guess you can't. You've kind of already answered it, but um, if you could choose an afterlife or some form of spirit moving on from any religion mm -hmm. uh, and it would immediately become true not just for you but for everyone what would you choose um okay so i i kind of i like uh like in sikh or sikh sikhism sikhism um they kind of have this like you're being reincarnated to purify your soul. I like that and I like reincarnation, but I want to make my own twist on it and I like I like to think of us as like energy and that we are all the same and eternal and to think this is okay. Let's say you are eternal and you are given an opportunity to come to earth to experience which would be like a blip in the spectrum of eternity to experience sorrow and joy and hope and sadness and anger and like and and you know grief would you do it and i would i think i'd like to think that i said yes which then when i'm here and i'm going through what i'm just like disheartened about something it it twists it to become this is an emotion I'm experiencing. And so you sit in it and you just like, okay. And that's, that's what I'd like to think is the afterlife. And I don't know if that is like a specific religion, but it's kind of like learning about different philosophies and making my own. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. How about you? Well, have you seen, have you seen Rick and Morty? I've watched Rick and Morty. <laughs> so, look, I know Rick and Morty is a little cringe these days, but um, there's like one episode where they're in like an alien arcade and like Morty yes! puts on the yes! goggles. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and he uh, lives a whole life. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> you chose to be a shoe repair man. <laughs> yeah. 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 You went back to work after the cancer. Boo. <laughs> like, but, and then he takes it off. He's like, oh, oh. Yeah. It's called no, Brian. That's I think exactly the game is it. Mm. And yeah, that is, cool. I was literally just talking about this same thing, that same episode. And that's kind of the concept that I'm thinking of. And that's why it's like, okay, so I chose to come here. Like I'm this, that in that scenario, he's a human, but like I chose to come here and I'm working a nine to five. Like you, so yeah, when you yeah. said sometimes people go nihilistic and some people are like, this is the only shot you get. I had that, I lost it, and then I re-put it back onto me. Because when I left Christianity, I wanted to travel, I wanted to see everything, I wanted to experience everything because I only had a limited time here. And then I became nihilistic. 
And now I'm putting myself back under that same mindset of I'm here to experience this and I got to experience that. Like, so it's weird how I just chose to then remove it from atheism and put it into, I don't know. I'm weird. I, like, I don't understand <laughs> the brain. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Uh, so, uh, before we wrap up, we've got one last message from Tang. Biddy, tell them about how we pray in tongues for all of the atheists. Yes. We have prayer meetings every Wednesday evening and we pray protection over all of the atheist content creators. Um, yeah. I like and the blessings. Um, we, we sometimes have like friends around and stuff and we, if we're going to eat around a table, which we never really do, but when we do I grab everyone's hands and I go, Everybody prayed. I'm like, thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for the scientific method. Thank you for teaching us critical skills. Like, I, I pray to Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's who we prayed nice. to in this house. <laughs> Even though, if no, he's, he didn't create the scientific method and he's just like, it's just a meme. Anyway, thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on. Um, yes, thank you. It was fascinating talking to you. I hope everyone else had a good time um, as we like skipped around a million different subjects. But I learned a lot and it's super interesting. Is there anything you want to promote before we jump off? Anything coming up or? Um, uh, if you want to follow me on TikTok, I don't post too much anymore, but if you just scroll through, you'll get a shit ton of different content uh, pertaining. Like if you want, if you have some Christian relatives, you might want to watch my content so you can really argue with them. Uh, this coming Thanksgiving or Christmas, I put all of the Bible verses in there. Uh, for you to be able to um, pull up. And then I have my YouTube channel. So if you're interested in more ritual agnosticism, that's where I'm going to be teaching it. And then stay tuned for that book. You can also follow me on Twitter at Biddy Buddha. Biddy Buddha, like anywhere. You'll find all my socials. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's it. Cool. And for those who like to listen to this podcast, this episode will be on podcasting apps very shortly. You can subscribe there if you want to listen to it on the way to work. Uh, and of course, we have a bunch of awesome streams coming up. And when we get to 1,000 subscribers, oh, we've gone up in subscribers. Thanks, guys. When we go up um, in soon, when we get to 1,000 subscribers, we'll be doing a charity stream and raising money for a cool charity. Um, so stay tuned for that. And with that said, I'd like to say thank you so much, Biddy, for coming on. It's been awesome. And everyone, I hope you have a great night. See you later.